you ask him, but you got to say it out of your own mouth. Say it. Say it. Listening to KAYT 88.1 FM, Gina Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna and Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist churches in Alexandria. We desire to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ to a dying world in these final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. That we need him every hour. That's right. I don't care where we are or what we've been doing, we need him every hour. And when we look at this whole thing about the Holy Spirit in operation with us, we have to understand sometimes there is a breakdown in us, not in the Spirit, but in us, right? So in taking this excerpt here from the book Steps to Personal Revival, I was assigned with chapter 2. It concentrates on the focal point of what somewhat smelly issue in the Christian experience facing problems in the time right before Christ's return. We tend to blame others and the situations and circumstances and odd occurrences of our lives to the things that have happened to us, and we ignore what God's Word says to us when facing life's fiery challenges. I would like for you to turn to the book of 1 Peter. What book do we say, everybody? 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 12 and 13. When we talk about facing life's fiery challenges, because, you know, we tend to blame, we're going to blame somebody. Oh, yeah. Amen. We bl- guess who we blame? We blame the church. Yeah. We blame God. We blame the devil. We blame our sisters. We blame the deacons. We blame the pastor. We blame the elder. We blame the, I know I'm right in here. Right. We blame the conference. Yeah. We, blame, we blame the weather. <laughs> Amen. But here the text says this, 1 Peter 4, 12, 13, you there? He says, Beloved, think it not what everybody? Strange concerning the what? The fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Verse 13, he says, but what? We have to learn how to do that when it's at our worst. I'm trying to encourage somebody today. He says, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of what everybody? Christ's sufferings that win his glory, not if his glory. When his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Brothers and sisters, there is something here. As one sits in the psychological comfort of their mind, one tends to lean on their own laurels and say in their own strength, oh, if I had this, I would be in a better position. If I had that, I would be in a better place in my walk with God. If I should have did this, maybe I wouldn't, it, the outcome would be different. Oh, brothers and sisters, let pastor encourage you. As we 
take a look at the should haves and could haves and would haves, if we take that off of the hangers of these experiences, we would be covering the issues that lie at the root of the problem. Come on now, I'm just trying to encourage you from chapter two, if you studied what you were, what you were responsible for. And I'm going to tell you something that may get me fired, but it's the Holy Ghost. The problem, whether we choose to talk about it or ignore it, can I tell you what the problem is, brothers and sisters? The problem is the absence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our churches. That's the problem. Now, reason why the church don't have the Holy Spirit, because the people don't have the Holy Spirit. What do you bring in the church? Bad attitude. Issues that we have not let go of. The Holy Spirit is the key to eternal power in overcoming Satan and every problem known and unknown to man. Here comes the question from the chapter. Why is it that we do not hunger and thirst for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Since this is the means by which we are to receive power. Why do we not talk of it? Why do we not pray for it? Why do we not preach concerning it? Hmm. Scripture reminds us that the disciples were in the upper room and something happened in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Something happened in the upper room and Jesus told them what everybody? But ye shall what? Oh, you shall receive power. He says after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And watch what he says next. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Key words, you got to follow real slowly because sometimes we don't grasp it all. Well, what did Jesus mean? He says, you're going to be witnesses for me. He's no longer here in bodily form. He says, I'm going to send the third person of the Godhead. They call him the Ruach Yahweh in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. The wind, pneuma, that's where you get pneumatic from. He's the wind Mm -hmm. of the triune God. He says, we're going to be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria. I hope you're reading your Bible because I want you to be able to check this for yourself because this is what you should be doing. In Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit comes when we are all on one accord with God. When we are all on one accord with God, we cannot be on one accord without God. I'm trying to help somebody here. Well, how do we know that? Well, let's look up and jump up a couple of other verses that I'm not going to go into that, but I'm going to bring some things out that you may understand, and I know that you will. Because remember, we have to find out what is the center of our problems. Look here. They came together. You'll find that in the verses, right, in Acts Acts chapter 1, right? They came together. Where did he tell them to meet them at? In Jerusalem. They were obedient to Jesus. They witnessed the miracles of Jesus because after he was resurrected, he was here 40 days on the planet, walking around. And John wrote in the latter part of St. John that if everything that Jesus did after he was resurrected been put in in books, libraries today wouldn't even hold it. What else did they do? They repented of their sins. They got themselves right Mm -hmm. in the upper room. That's right. They talked about kingdom stuff. Look with me in Acts verses, chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Look what Jesus said. He says that word that we don't like doing, Pastor Booker, Sister Booker, but wait. <laughs> That's right. It's right in the text, verse 4, right? Hello? 
I feel like I'm here by myself, bro. But wait for the what, everybody? The promise of the Father, which said he, ye have heard of me. Verse 5, here it is. Jesus talking. Red letter edition in your Bible, isn't it? Okay. He says, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with what, everybody? And not many days from now. We have to be in a good posture to receive the Holy Ghost. We have to be in a place in our mind, our body, and our spirit to be able to receive the Holy Ghost. Let me go ahead and, and, go, and go physical with you right quick. You can't be eating a whole bunch of sugar and think you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Well, Pastor, I, my eating doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, it do. Has everything to do with your reception on how you're going to receive from God. Well, Pastor, that has nothing to do with not eating. If you're eating and you're sluggish, you won't have time to read the Bible because by the time you start reading, you, you sleep. Devil's trick. We don't want to come to Wednesday night on that, that note. Well, I'm going to come. I ain't going to stay long. I'm going to just sit here because they ain't going to be talking about nothing no way. That's see, trick of the devil. Talk it in your mind. And we receive that, and we wind up, Elder, we don't even come to church. We'd rather sit at home, watch the television. I mean, the te oh, oh, well. But there are three basic attributes toward God when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Got this from the book, Sister Green. These attributes are the natural man. You ought to be writing this down. The natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. The natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. We only have time to talk about two of them, though. The spiritual man and the carnal man. Now, overall, before we get started, you should take away from today that you need to ask Jesus for the Holy Spirit daily in your life. Before you even take your medication, before you eat breakfast in the morning. I did say it country, breakfast. You need to ask God for the Holy Spirit. Now, these attributes basically describe the personal relationship that we are to have towards God. And there are three things that have to happen. And there is going to have to be a daily surrender, a daily death, and a daily new birth. It has to happen like that's what's on that yellow sheet. A daily surrender, a daily death, and a daily new birth. Let's talk about the carnal man. A person can be a member for a short time or for many years and still be a carnal Christian. Did you know that they can attend church? They can become a deacon, an elder, uh, work in the department of the church. I'm just—I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about what the Holy Spirit is giving me to share with you. Yeah, say the word. You will experience great joy throughout your life with the Holy Ghost, and most carnal Christians are unknowingly in this condition and have a desire to experience more in their faith. Mm. I'm just as passionate about Christ, and I'm carnal. They'll never say that, no. but it's there. First Corinthians. What book do we say, everybody? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, Paul talks about the carnal man. Man, I wish we had this on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, listen to what Paul says. He says, and I, brethren, are you there, everybody? And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, ooh, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. And he's not talking about supper at the table. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Mm. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you. Uh oh. Envying. 
He's talking to church folk. Yeah. Am I in the word? Yes, sir. He says, for there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Four times Paul says that they are carnal. What does carnal mean? Here's the definition the book gave. This person lives from the power of the flesh that is the normal strength and abilities a person has. In other words, he or she is not filled with the Holy Ghost or isn't sufficiently filled with the Holy Ghost. You know how it is. You'll never go uh, take a, an out-of-town out of trip on a half a tank of gas. No, no, no. Would you do that? Oh, no. That's silly. That's right. You might want to fill up if you plan on going somewhere like to Baton Rouge right. and back. That's right. Amen. Amen. This shows that they hadn't grown in faith mm -hmm. as they should have. A person can have great biblical knowledge. I'm, on I'm about to talk about us. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving a warning. Come on, we can have great biblical knowledge. Mm -hmm. We can know the spirit of prophecy in all Ellen Whites. We can be vegetarian, flexitarian, and vegan vegetarian, and still not grow spiritually. Amen. Spiritual growth has to deal with our complete dedication to Jesus and a constant life in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, that's why I say there is going to have to be a daily surrender, a daily death, and a daily new birth. Again, other carnal Christians might be enthusiastic. They are glad that they know biblical truth. I'm glad about that. I've been to school and I did this, this, that, and the third. Carnal church members can be very active and even have leading positions in the local church and even church administration. They may do a lot for God. But listen to what Jesus said about a carnal Christian. Matthew, what book can we say, everybody? Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. Go ahead and turn. I told you you're going to be turning in your Bible. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus talks about the carnal Christian, verse 22 and 23. Matthew chapter 7 talks about the carnal Christian. Listen to what Jesus said. It's in red letter edition. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, have we not prophesied in your day? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name do, done many wonderful works. And Jesus says, I will profess to them, I don't know you. The carnal Christian, the one who's regularly attending church, Christ says to you,